Chapter Twenty Four of Peter Simple. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. P. in Washington State. Peter Simple by Frederick Marriott. Chapter Twenty Four. What occurred at Flushing, and what occurred when we got out of Flushing. An hour before daybreak, we started. The snow was thick on the ground, but the sky was clear and without any difficulty or interruption was passed through the towns of axel and haste arrived at turnus on the fourth day and we went over to flushing in company with about a dozen more stragglers from the main body as we landed the guard asked us whether we were conscripts o'brien replied that he was and held out his paper they took his name or rather that of the person it belonged to down in a book and told him that he must apply to the etat major before three o'clock we passed on delighted with our success and then o'brien pulled out the letter which had been given to him by the woman of the cabaret who had offered to assist me to escape when o'brien passed off as a gendarme and reading the address demanded his way to the street we soon found out the house and entered conscripts said the woman of the house looking at o'brien i am billeted full already it must be a mistake where is your order read said o'brien handing her the letter she read the letter and putting it into her neckerchief desired him to follow her o'brien beckoned me to come and we went into a small room what can i do for you said the woman i will do all in my power but alas you will march from here in two or three days never mind replied o'brien we will talk the matter over by and by but at present only oblige us by letting us remain in this little room we do not wish to be seen comment donc you a conscript and not wish to be seen are you then intending to desert answer me one question you have read that letter do you intend to act up to its purport as your sister requests as i hope for mercy i will if i suffer everything she is a dear sister and would not write so earnestly if she had not strong reasons my house and everything you command are yours can i say more what is your name inquired o'brien louise eustache you might have read it on the letter are you married oh yes these six years my husband is seldom at home he is a flushing pilot a hard life harder even than that of a soldier who is this lad he is my brother who if i go as a soldier intends to volunteer as a drummer pauvre enfant c'est dommage the cabaret was full of conscripts and other people so that the hostess had enough to do at night we were shown by her into a small bedroom adjoining the room we occupied you are quite alone here the conscripts are to muster to-morrow i find in the place d'armes at two o'clock do you intend to go no replied o'brien they will think that i am behind it is of no consequence well replied the woman do as you please you may trust me but i am so busy without any one to assist me that until they leave the town i can hardly find time to speak to you that will be soon enough my good hostess replied o'brien au revoir the next evening the woman came in in some alarm stating that a conscript had arrived whose name had been given in before and the person who had given it in had not mustered at the place that the conscript had declared that his pass had been stolen from him by a person with whom he had stopped at st nicholas and that there were orders for a strict search to be made through the town as it was known that some english officers had escaped and it was supposed that one of them had obtained the pass surely you are not english inquired the woman looking earnestly at o'brien indeed but i am my dear replied o'brien and so is this lad with me and the favour which your sister requires is that you help us over the water for which service there are one hundred louis ready to be paid upon delivery of us oh mon dieu mais c'est impossible 
impossible replied o'brien was that the answer i gave your sister in her trouble oh mon c'est difficile that's quite another concern but with your husband the pilot i should think a great part of the difficulty removed my husband i've no power over him replied the woman putting her apron up to her eyes but one hundred louis may have replied o'brien there is truth in that observed the woman after a pause but what am i to do if they come to search the house send us out of it until you can find an opportunity to send us to england i'll leave it all to you your sister expects it from you and she shall not be disappointed if god helps us replied the woman after a short pause but i fear you must leave this house and the town also to-night how are we to leave the town i will arrange that be ready at four o'clock for the gates are shut at dusk i must go now for there is no time to be lost we are in a nice mess now o'brien observed i after the woman had quitted the room devil a bit peter i feel no anxiety whatever except at leaving such good quarters we packed up all our effects not forgetting our two blankets and waited the return of the hostess in about an hour she entered the room i have spoken to my husband's sister who lives about two miles on the road to middleburg she is in town for now for it is market-day and you will be safe where she hides you i told her it was by my husband's request or she would not have consented here boy put on these clothes i will assist you once more i was dressed as a girl and when my clothes were on o'brien burst out into laughter at my blue stockings and short petticoats il n'est pas mal observed the hostess as she fixed a small cap on my head and then tied a kerchief under my chin which partly hid my face o'brien put on a greatcoat which the woman handed to him with a wide-brimmed hat now follow me she led us into the street which was thronged till we arrived at the market-place when she met another woman who joined her at the end of the market-place stood a small horse and a cart into which the strange woman and i mounted while o'brien by the directions of the landlady led the horse through the crowd until we arrived at the barriers when she wished us good day in a loud voice before the guard the guard took no notice of us and we passed safely through and found ourselves upon a neatly paved road as straight as an arrow and lined on each side with high trees and a ditch in about an hour we stopped near to a farmhouse of the woman who was in charge of us do you observe the wood she said to o'brien pointing to one about half a mile from the road i dare not take you into the house my husband is so violent against the english who captured his short and made him a poor man that he would inform against you immediately but go you there make yourselves as comfortable as you can to-night and to-morrow i will send you what you want adieu je vous plains pauvre enfant she said looking at me as she drove off in the cart towards her own house peter said o'brien i think that her kicking us out of her house is a proof of her sincerity and therefore i say no more about it we have the brandy flask to keep up our spirits now then for the wood though by the powers i shall have no relish for any of your picnic parties as they call them for the next twelve years but o'brien how can we get over this ditch and petticoats i could hardly leave it in my clothes you must tie your petticoats round your waist and make a good run get over as far as you can and i will drag you through the rest but you forget that we are to sleep in the wood and that's no laughing matter to get wet through freezing so hard as it does now very true pater but as the snow lies so deep upon the ditch perhaps the ice may bear i'll try if it bears me it will not condescend to bend at your shrimp of a carcass o'brien tried the ice which was firm and we both walked over and making all the haste we could arrived at the wood as the woman called it 
but which was not more than a clump of trees about half an acre we cleared away the snow for about six feet round a very hollow part and then o'brien cut stakes and fixed them in the earth to which we stretched one blanket the snow being about two feet deep there was plenty of room to creep underneath the blanket we then collected all the leaves we could beating the snow off of them and laid them at the bottom of the hole over the leaves we spread the other blanket taking our bundles in we then stopped up with snow every side of the upper blanket except the hole to creep in at it was quite astonishing what a warm place this became in a short time after we had remained in it it was almost too warm although the weather outside was piercingly cold after a good meal and a dose of brandy we both fell fast asleep but not until i had taken off my woman's attire and resumed my own clothes we never slept better or more warmly than we did in this hole which we had made on the ground covered with ice and snow End of chapter twenty four